from Tokyo, Japan, and Changsha, China. This is Down to Business English with your hosts, Skip Montreux and Des Morgan. Hi, Des. How are things going for you over there in China? Not so bad, Skip. I'm getting back into the swing of things. Well, in terms of teaching at the university. You know, I've been reading in the news that China had a spike in COVID cases since they eased the testing requirements and lifted the lockdowns. Have you been impacted by that? Not directly, no. Because I live on the university campus, which is located outside the center of Changsha. So I think my risk level is relatively low. Right. Also, I got a booster vaccine when I was back in Scotland over New Year's. So that certainly helps as well. Okay, well, that's good. Stay healthy over there, Des. And you too. <laughs> Thanks. I don't want to make light of uh, coronavirus and its ongoing effects. But what do you suppose happened to sales of the Mexican beer brand Corona over the pandemic? You know, with their brand name having the exact same pronunciation as the virus. Right. Corona beer, coronavirus. Well, being associated in any way with the pandemic, even if it is an inadvertent association, well, that would not be good. I imagine Corona's sales went down. That would have been my expectation too. But as it turned out, even though sales dipped slightly at the beginning of the pandemic, they rose afterwards. Really? In fact, Corona Beer posted a 16% sales increase in 2021. Wow, who would have thought that would have happened? Brand Finance, the world's largest brand valuation and strategy consulting agency, listed Corona as number one on their 2021 top 10 list of most valuable beer brands worldwide, ahead of Heineken and Budweiser. What was the value of Corona? The value of the company was uh, 5.8 billion US dollars. However, that was a decrease of 27% from the previous year. So in 2021, Corona sales were up, but the value of the company was down. That's right. Well, no surprise that the value of the company went down in 2021, with the COVID pandemic being in full swing. No, true. But what was a surprise, well, to me at least, was that three of the top 10 beer brands in the world are Mexican. Oh, really? Is that right? I'm only really familiar with Corona and Dos Equis. I actually like Dos Equis. Was Dos Equis one of them? Uh, no, actually not. The other two are Victoria and Modelo. Also, two other brands in the top 10 are Japanese. Any guess as to what they would be? Well, that's a no-brainer. Kieran and Asahi. <laughs> Although I personally have always preferred Ebis. Kieran and Asahi, that's right. Sapporo was my beer of choice when I lived in Japan, though. I don't mind a black label Sapporo from time to time. So, there's no British beer in that top 10? Uh, no. Well, that's a little surprising. Uh, maybe, but although we have a long history of brewing, a lot of people in the UK drink imported beer. Is that right? 
Yeah, Belgian and German brands are particularly popular. Well, it's sure starting to sound like our topic today is all about beer. Des, are you reporting on the beer industry today? <laughs> I won't say I'm not tempted, but no. Today on D2B, I want to look wider than just beverages, and I want to take a look at the world's most valuable brands in general. Okay. The company I just mentioned, Brand Finance, released their Global 500 2023 report in January. And guess what? It's full of fascinating insights on the topic of brand value. Well, that sounds all very interesting. So let's do it. Let's get D2B down to business with brand values. How is a brand's value calculated? And what are some of the world's most valuable brands and sectors? So Skip, off the top of your head, what do you think is the world's most valuable brand? Well, that would depend on how you go about calculating a brand's value. Well, brand finance uses the formula of brand strength multiplied by the brand's royalty rate multiplied by brand revenue. And how are each of those metrics determined? Well, brand strength measures a brand's performance against its competitors. Brand royalty is based on the sector it's in. Wait, wait a second, Des. Are you saying brand royalty or brand loyalty? It's brand royalty with an R as in Romeo. Okay, that's what I thought you said, but I'm not very familiar with, where I'm not familiar at all with this term. I've heard of brand loyalty with an L, but what is brand royalty? Okay, brand royalty refers to the amount a company would be willing to pay if they did not own that company. If instead they had to pay a licensing fee or a royalty to sell the product they produce. So it's purely hypothetical. Yes, purely hypothetical. And the brand value metric? Oh, that one's much easier. Brand value measures the brand's actual income. Okay, that is all pretty clear to me. But it does sound pretty complicated. Well, let me give you an example and see if I can make it a little bit clearer. Okay, good idea. Are you familiar with Caterpillar? Caterpillar, yes. They make the heavy equipment like bulldozers and mining scoops. Yeah, that's the one. Caterpillar has a fairly large presence in the heavy machine and mining sector, so they would score highly on brand strength. Sure, everyone knows their famous yellow cat bulldozers. But because the market for construction machinery is relatively small, they score relatively low in brand royalty. And similarly, they score quite low in revenue, well, compared to larger world-dominating blue-chip brands. Okay, that's extremely clear now. So now that we're clear on that, let's go back to my original question. What do you think is the world's most valuable brand? Well, I would have to go with my old favorite, Apple. Very close, but no cigar. According to Brand Finance in their Brand Value Global 500 report, Apple was the most valuable brand in 2022. However, a year later, 
they've fallen to second place. Apple fell in brand value? According to the formula they use, Apple's brand value is currently valued at $297.5 billion, down from $355 billion last year. A drop of 16%. Hmm. So if Apple isn't the most valuable brand, I would say Amazon would be the most valuable. And that is right on the nose, Skip. Amazon's brand is valued at $299.3 billion, just slightly higher than Apple. Hmm. And the third most valuable brand? Wait, don't tell me. It must be Google. Very good, Skip. Google's brand value did indeed come in third at $281.4 billion. So I pretty much nailed the top three brands on the global 500 list. Huh. What about the rest of the top 10 on that list? Any surprises? Well, just looking at the top 10, most are tech companies. But there is one bank, uh, one other retailer in addition to Amazon, and a telecom company. Well, the other retailer, would that be Walmart? It is. You're pretty hot today, Skip. And the telecom brand is the US-based Verizon. But I don't think you'll be able to guess the bank. Well, give me a minute here. Let me see. Top 10 bank. Bank of America? That, I'm afraid, is incorrect. Oh. Your hot streak is now officially over. <laughs> okay. Well, so it's not the Bank of America. Which bank is it? Coming in at number eight is China's Industrial and Commercial Bank, or ICBC for short. A bank I hadn't heard of before I came to China. Is that the bank you were talking about in the last episode we did together, where you had to set up your account? It, it certainly is. Well, it just goes to show you how much the Chinese economy has grown over the last few years. It sure does. There are a couple of other surprises, too, in the Global 500 report. For example? For example, uh, Coca-Cola, a brand that I assumed would have a very large value, is ranked just 48th. And Marlboro cigarettes are ranked at 44th. That is a surprise. Yeah, I would have thought that around the world more people drank Coke. And tobacco products have been on the decline for, for, for years. Now, the highest ranking Japanese brands must be automotive companies. Toyota and Nissan would be my guesses. Toyota ranks number 19, but oddly, Nissan is not even in the top 100. They ranked 188th. Well, that is not so surprising, actually. Nissan has a relatively small market share in comparison to Toyota. What struck me as really interesting, though, was that Tesla, a much smaller automotive company than Toyota, was ranked ninth. In fact, those two companies virtually switched places between 2022 and 2023. Really? Tesla is ninth and Toyota is lower. That is very interesting. It is, isn't it? Last year, Toyota was 12th and Tesla was 28th in terms of brand value. Wow. What else did you learn from the Global 500 list? The highest ranked British company is the energy company Shell. They placed 23rd. And there is one Canadian company in the top 100. 
the banking giant RBC at number 100. RBC, the Royal Bank of Canada. I know that bank very well. It was founded in 1864 in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Did you ever bank at RBC when you lived in Canada? No, as a matter of fact, I didn't. But the Royal Bank is a venerable institution and the largest bank in Canada. And it's also set to get a lot larger. I recently read that RBC is acquiring all of HSBC's branches in Canada. Well, maybe it will claim the brand value list for next year then. So, those are some of the most valuable brands around the world. What about the most valuable brand sectors? The technology sector has to be number one. Oh, yes, it is, of course. The technology sector was valued at US $1.2 and accounted for around 15% of the total value of the rankings of all the companies. Incredible. And the retail sector is the second largest sector. It accounts for $1.05 trillion US dollars in brand value. Banking is ranked the third largest sector, followed by media in fourth. And what are those sectors valued at? 98.6 billion and 77.4 billion, respectively. So, the top four most valuable brand sectors are technology, retail, banking, and media. What's interesting, well, to me at least, is that Amazon is categorized as a retailer, but in fact is also a technology and media company. By the same token, you could say that Apple and Google are also media companies as they have Apple TV and YouTube Premium as services that they offer. Apple also has their Apple retail stores, so that would make them a retailer as well. Clearly then, I think Brand Finance has assigned each company to the sector that most people identify them with. So, most people identify Amazon as a retailer, even though they might have subscription to Amazon Prime, Media and TV. Makes sense. I have one final insight on the Global 500 report to share. And what would that be? The number of brands that make up each sector. The technology sector, which accounts for 15% of the total rankings of the top 500 companies, consists of 41 companies. The retail sector is made up of 51 companies and the banking sector, 71 companies. Mm, okay, I see a trend there. Yes, but the fourth place media sector is only made up of 25 companies. Oh, and what percentage does the media sector have? 9.7%. So the brand value of 41 companies represents 15% in comparison to 25 companies accounting for 10%. Just a third less in total brand value. Yes, Des, that is very interesting. I thought it was too. This whole topic of brand valuation I think is fascinating. I agree. But for now, I think it is time for us to get D2V down to vocabulary.
Do you find Down to Business English helpful in your English studies? Consider becoming a D2B member today to learn and retain even more words, phrases and expressions used by native English speakers in professional situations. What do you get with a D2B membership plan? First, bonus content in the form of exclusive members-only D2B episodes. Second, expanded D2V or down to vocabulary episodes that accompany each public episode of Down to Business English. Third, full access to the entire library of D2B audio scripts, all the way from Season 1, Episode 1, to our most recent D2B episode. And on top of all of that, D2B members receive automatic email delivery of audio scripts for recently released episodes. No longer will there be the need to go through the time-consuming process of visiting the website, logging into your account, locating an episode, and then downloading the audio script file. Interested in becoming a D2B member? Visit the Down to Business English website and click on the membership link at the top of the page to sign up and start enjoying these benefits today. We are going to start D2V off today with a somewhat casual noun, a no-brainer. A no-brainer is something, perhaps a decision or choice, that is easy to make or understand. Something that's just so obvious it requires absolutely no thinking. That's right. It doesn't require any brain activity whatsoever. That is a no-brainer. In our discussion, Des asked me what I thought were the two most valuable beer brands in Japan. I immediately replied that it was a no-brainer. Kirin and Asahi. In other words, it was extremely easy for me to guess those two brands because I know from personal experience, they are very popular in Japan. So everyone in Japan drinks either Asahi or Kirin? Well, not everyone, but almost everyone. If you'd asked me what the most valuable football brand in the UK was, I would say that is a no-brainer. <laughs> a no-brainer for you, perhaps. I would have no idea. So, what is the most valuable football club in the UK? Like I said, it's a no-brainer, Manchester United. However, if you asked me what the most valuable football brand in the world was, yeah, that would be a more difficult question to answer. It wouldn't be a no-brainer and would require more thought on my part. Could it be maybe Barcelona or Real Madrid? Or it could be Manchester United. Something tells me that you do know the answer. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I do. Real Madrid is the most valuable football club, followed by Barcelona, then Manchester United, and in fourth place, Manchester City. Football clubs are valuable brands nowadays, worth a lot of money. <laughs> that they are. What's next on our list? The next word is the two-part adjective blue chip, which is used to describe a company that is well-recognized and financially sound. In the story, I referred to large global brands as blue chips, as they have good reputations and provide reputable products or services. And more importantly, they are profitable for their investors. 
Des, do you know why profitable companies are referred to as blue chip stocks? Of course I know the answer to that. The term was coined in 1923 by an employee of the Dow Jones and Company. The Dow Jones and Company. They were the ones who established the Dow Jones Index. That's right. One of their employees, a man by the name of Oliver Gingold, coined the term blue chip company to refer to shares that consistently traded at over $200 a share. But why the term blue chip? I'm really surprised you don't know this, Skip. Why? Why, why should I know this? Because it comes from poker. Poker, really? Yeah, in poker, the blue chips usually have the greatest value. <laughs> of course, in a traditional set of poker chips, the white chips are a dollar, the red chips are five dollars, and the blue chips are ten dollars. Hence the name blue chip company or blue chip stock. I wonder if any of the blue chip stocks from 1923 are still trading today. Ooh, that's a tough one. Maybe General Electric and ExxonMobil, which in 1923 was called Standard Oil, but it became Exxon in 1972. Exxon. Do they fit the definition of blue chip company? The last time I looked, their share price was well under $200. Well, there's no hard and fast rule that says a blue chip stock must be trading at over $200. The term implies that the company is number one, high quality, number two, in healthy financial condition, and finally, has withstood the test of time. Very interesting. But we should really move on. Yes, yes, yes. Our final item on the D2B list today is the expression, by the same token. You can use this phrase when you make a statement that you believe is true, and it is true for the same reason the previous statement was true. I understand that, but I think some people will find that explanation possibly confusing. I know, it wasn't very clear. So let's look at how it was used in our story. I reported that Amazon was categorized as a retail brand, but was in reality a technology and media company as well. Des commented that by the same token, Apple and Google were also media companies. What I was saying was that Apple and Google are not just technology companies in the same way as Amazon is not purely a retailer. Skip. How can our listeners use by the same token in a business setting? When you are in a meeting and a colleague makes a suggestion, you could introduce a similar suggestion by using by the same token. For example? Well, I was in a meeting the other day saying to my boss that our department could save money by not printing out so many documents. My eco-friendly coworker quickly jumped in and said, by the same token, we would also be helping to conserve trees and forests. Both of which are good reasons to use less paper, I think. Would you like to help D2B reach more people wanting to improve their business English skills? Be sure to follow D2B on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any place podcasts are found. While you are there, 
leave a rating and a review and tell everyone how much you enjoy the show. Thank you, Des, for that report. It's very interesting to learn how a brand's value is calculated. I did not realize everything that went into it. There is indeed a bit more to process than you might think. But nevertheless, it's an important piece of information for investors and shareholders to have. No doubt. Now, we only discussed three words and expressions in D2V today. But D2B members, keep an eye on your down-to-business English members-only RSS feed. The bonus down-to-vocabulary for today's episode will be released tomorrow or the day after. That's right. In the bonus D2V, we will be looking at an additional five words and phrases that Skip and I used in today's report. And those words are inadvertent, a metric, the expression on the nose, the idiom to be struck as interesting, and the word venerable. All very high-frequency words and expressions in business and in everyday life. They are. So D2B members, that bonus vocabulary will be coming to you soon. And if you are not a D2B member, please consider becoming one. As a member, you will get all the bonus D2V vocabulary episodes, member-only D2B business reports, and complete access to human-generated audio scripts that accompany each of our shows. That's right. Human-generated audio scripts. None of that junky, error-filled AI stuff. (laughs) No, none of that. Now, to become a D2B member, all you have to do is visit our website at downtobusinessenglish.com and click on the membership link at the top of the page. That's downtobusinessenglish.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time. Bye-bye. Have a comment or question about today's show? Don't be shy. Visit the D2B website or Facebook page and post any comments or questions there. Skip, Des or Samantha will be sure to leave a reply. Down to Business English. Business news to improve your business English.